Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. As we've discussed for months, the Dow Theory and some of the other key technical indicators that we follow show us that we continue to be in a bear market. And so we want to talk about what to do next. How to navigate a portfolio through a bear market. How to play the bottom, which will be coming if not there already. And areas of the market that are poised to move higher once we clear some of these rough financial waters. And that's what we're talking about today. I'm Andy Gersher, and this is Gains. Okay, a quick program note. We're going to release the Gains podcast once a week. It will come out every Wednesday morning. So be sure to turn on those notifications so you get a reminder that a new Gains episode is dropped. And things are going to get a lot more busy for me. So if you want more Gains episodes, you'll have to let me know. And that goes for questions, too. So feel free to shoot me an email, andy.gersher at odyssey.com. That's andy.gersher, G I. E-R-S-H-E-R at Odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y dot com. Okay, now for today, let's bring on Chuck Carlson, CEO of Horizon Investment Services and publisher of the Dow Theory Forecast Newsletter in Hammond. He's also author of Winning with the Dow's Losers. And Horizon Investment Services also has a key website for the gains listener, and, and Chuck, real quick, give us that website. Sure. That website is UpsideStocks.com. If you want, uh, I'm biased, but if you want really good information and research on a part of the market does, that doesn't have a lot of good research out there, in my opinion, uh, check out UpsideStocks.com. And at that site, you can get a free 30-day trial to our Upside newsletter, which focuses on small and mid-sized companies. So that's UpsideStocks.com. Uh, all the gains listeners out there know that the, the Dow theory is bearish and remains to be. So we wanted to talk about how to get cover in a bear market, how to play the bottom, and then areas that are going to be poised to come out of this and see some of the biggest gains once we do clear some of the economic and, and market hurdles that we're going to still have to cross. First of all, and I guess this is just taking a temperature check, just kind of see where maybe your clients are at. Are you getting the calls? Are you getting those panic calls? 
what are you telling them? That'll kind of give me a sense of, of how people are feeling about it. Uh, we've gotten a few. It has stepped up a little bit. Um, I can't say that we're getting bombarded with them or, or we're, um, you know, just seeing panic in the streets, but we have gotten a, a few. And, and again, sometimes, Andy, those are driven, you know, not every investor is, is the same, right? It, it, they're, they're not the same age, they don't have the same risk tolerance, et cetera. So, you know, you you're tend to get more, I don't want to say panic, but, but big concern from folks that are probably, you know, in or close to retirement, because obviously they have less time to make up for kind of a multitude of investment sins versus somebody who might be 40 or 45. Um, having said that, I, I, you know, it's not unusual to hear from a 40 or 45 year old or a 38 year old that seems to panic too. But, you know, I, that, that panic tends to occur more in folks that know that their investment time horizon is not as long as it used to be. And so, you know, big declines uh, can be, you know, especially troublesome, particularly for people that maybe have just entered retirement. And, and you know, that there are a lot of people doing that now, given the ages of baby boomers. I forget what the statistics are, but it's pretty phenomenal how many people reach the age of, um, you know, 65 or, or 67 and, and are retiring. And this, you know, is kind of a worst case scenario for those people, at least from a, a, a psyche standpoint. It's like, you know, we just retired and now the market's down 20 percent. Um, you know that that does induce a bit of a bit of panic. So that's uh, a long-winded way of saying we are we have gotten some calls, but it is still somewhat measured. It's not just you know screaming in the streets and, and pandemonium. Which then, when you say that, the contrarian in me thinks, well, then we're going to definitely have to hear a lot more panic, a lot more concern before we reach the bottom it, to me and just being in this game for a long time it doesn't feel like a bottom to me yet now i could be wrong i mean we've, we we see these you know upticks in the market and we've come off the lows and and you you and i the dow theory is looking for an eventual retest probably and you and i've talked about in the past uh those levels could you know very well break through but just you saying that there isn't as much panic with with the clients. I wonder if uh, people and, and investors haven't felt enough pain for this really to shape up like a bottom. Yeah, that's probably true. I mean, if you, um, you know, it's always it's always dangerous to kind of anticipate what the market is going to do, and we tend to kind of listen to what the market does. But you know, as I've said many times on previous shows, you know, the the first sign, the first thing you need for a market bottom is a market to stop going down, which means that it needs to hold previous lows. You know, interestingly, the market, you know, thus far um, in recent weeks has been able to um, to do that, you know, in terms of the June 17th lows that we saw in the Dow Industrials and Dow Transports. Give those so, levels yeah. real quick since this is a recap for those listening right now. Yeah, sure. And, and the Dow Jones Industrial Average, uh, that low on uh, on the 17th was 29,888.78. That's 29,888.78. And again, that low was made on June 17th. So, you know, I don't want to make. And then on, and then the, really important here, those are closing lows. Throw the transport since we talk about Dow theory. You have the industrials, 
and then uh, also throw that closing low from the same date for the transports. Right, and that low is 12,868.60. That's 12,868.60. So, though, you know, that, those are, if people are, are wondering, you know, what needs to hold up here if, in fact, we have bottomed or we are in a bottoming phase, you'd, you'd like to see both the indices hold that low on a closing basis, but, but you know, at a minimum, one needs to hold it in, in order to potentially set up for a change in the market trend from bearish to bullish. So, you know, we'll see. You know, the, the one thing that I have been telling, you know, clients that I've been talking to, and this gets back to your question, kind of what are you telling them, is that, you know, the next 45 days in this market are going to be really, really telling, Andy, in terms of probably having a significant impact on the direction of the market for the remainder of the year. And I say that because, A, you know, we're going to get some a number of important economic data points coming out here over the next 45 days, starting with some inflation reports here uh, almost almost immediately. And and then we're going to be, it, you know, right in the, the heart of corporate earnings season, which is going to start to fire up here in, in the next couple of days, and then really the next couple of weeks be in earnest. So w- what that means is you're going to have a ton of fresh information, fresh data points that are coming into the market. And what that means is we're going to really get to see just how much this market has already discounted bad news, has discounted the worst. Remember, markets are forward-looking. So, you know, generally markets will will dip prior to, you know, recessions or prior to significant economic declines. Um, and the, the trick is obviously trying to figure out how much is it discounting that future bad news. And, and that's another thing you need to have for market bottom. You need a market that is fully discounting the bad news, which means it doesn't go down on bad news. And we're going to get bad news here. There's no doubt about it over the next 45 days. And I'm very curious and anxious to see how the market behaves. If if we get a situation where, you know, companies are reporting disappointing profits and their stocks and sectors are holding up reasonably well and we get an you know an economic report that shows inflation is still running wild and we get a and and the market kind of is resilient in the face of that 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 will be one more kind of positive signpost for this market if on the other hand and this has been the case um, throughout this bear market you know if the market and the individual stocks respond poorly to bad news, that means we, we haven't discounted enough of the, of the negative and we're probably going to be heading lower. So I, I think the next 45 days in this market are going to be really, really interesting. And for those investors, you know, wanting to know, you know, should they start to feed money into the market? Uh, is this a bottom? Uh, we're, we're, we're not going to get all the answers, but we're going to get pretty, we're, we're going to get some really useful information here over the next 45 days. If those lows in the industrials and transports hold, over the next 45 days in, in the face of an onslaught of negative news. You know, that would embolden me to, 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 to maybe start to be a little bit more um, emphasis on the buy side. So, you know, we're, we're entering a really, and I'm glad we're talking because, uh, you know, this, this next 45 days is going to be very, very important for the market. Yeah, it'll be nice to get some real data that gives us clarity on kind of the direction things are headed. Uh, you know, certainly in those earnings calls, we're going to be looking to forward guidance and what these companies, each individual company says 
about uh, their business going forward. Uh, speaking of earnings, you know, it's hard to make a call on how things are going to shape up, but w- what's your gut read on earnings season? We have uh, the banks reporting uh, the end of this week and then a slew after. Uh, what's your read on uh earnings as we head into them well it, it, it's 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 pretty clear that estimates are still too high and but, but i'm not the only i mean pretty much everybody believes that so if it, 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 it to me if estimates are too high then you're going to have a lot of companies that are probably going to miss those estimates that's why though it's important to see how the stocks respond if, if a company comes out and they and they, they disappoint or at least they, they don't hit the number or the earnings estimate and and the stock holds up pretty well, you know that to me that indicates that the market was already kind of discounting that stuff, and analysts were just kind of slow to to do what the market was already doing, i.e., discounting, you know, sluggish earnings. Uh, if on the other hand, uh, you know, these stocks come out and they just get obliterated on on negative news or a company misses their earnings, you know that. That's not doesn't really bode well for the market because that means there's still further discounting that has to go on, which means the market has to go down further. I, I think what's going to happen is it's going to be a, an incredibly, and this is kind of a, um, I, I guess a, a hedge so to speak because it, it always is a little bit um, diverse. But I, I think this quarter in particular is going to see just a significant amount of variability and earnings across sectors and across companies where you're going to have some companies that are probably going to be just fine. But I think you're going to see more companies um, that that at least a report in earnings and, and the guidance is going to be uh, not great. And, and that's why I'm just really curious to see how those stocks behave because, you know, there are a lot of stocks in our town, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60%. And that's so, before we even know, get to crypto. Yeah. So, you know, if, if a company that's already down, you know, if stock's already down 70% and they come out with earnings that, that quote, miss the, the estimate uh, and the stock still goes down, I mean, that's, you know, that's not good stuff uh, versus you'd like to think a 70% decline in a stock is discounting a lot of the, the future bad news. So, so we'll see, you know, if on the other hand, a stock that has been holding up and maybe has only been down maybe 10, 15%, you know, and, and that comes out with a disappointment, you know, that's where the stock reaction is, is probably even more important than the actual number they're reporting. Because again, that is what gives you a tell on the amount of discounting in the market and what investors are really uh, are really thinking what the market's really thinking. I, I think you're going to have a, a significant mixed bag when it comes to earnings this quarter. And uh, because of that, I, I think you're going to see a significant amount of volatility. My hope is by the end of earnings season, while there may be a lot of you know hour-to-hour and day-to-day volatility, we get through it, and those lows have held in both the industrials and transports, and that would be a, a significant positive in my mind. Speaking of volatility, we've seen a ton of it all year. It seems like it's quelled a bit. What does that say about the market? Because often in down markets, you have those high volatility swings. That always, when we're in the middle of those those big declines in down markets over months, you see those huge volatility swings. They've quelled a bit. 
What has that quelling of of just extreme volatility told you about the market? Yeah, I, I, I I'm not sure I want to read too much into that. I think there, in, in more recently, you've probably had investors that are kind of staying on the sideline, so to speak, to see how the dust is going to settle here with corporate earnings and a lot of the inflation reports, economic There's, reports coming up. Though, and I was going to say, there it, a couple months ago, when you'd have these big declines, you'd have a bunch of people trying to get back in because they thought maybe that would be the low. I, it seems that folks aren't so quick when things are down to just immediately jump back in and get that quick push up. No, they're, they're, the buy-the-dip mentality has, has waned a, a bit. That's and, a good uh, thing, though. That's a good thing because that needs to wane before you hit the bottom. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, no, and, and one of the reasons it's waned is because you know anybody that's, that's, that's done any buying here in the last six months, it generally hasn't worked out very well on a very short-term basis. Now, having said that, buying during bear markets typically doesn't work out very well for you in the very short term. It's it's in the longer term that you're glad you did it. And and that's the case almost in every bear market where, you know, at some point, and, and you know, we've talked about this, nobody's going to spike a bottom here and then just dump all your money into the market at that bottom. It doesn't work that way. So the best you can do is, is you know, try to do buying, you know, at levels that seem to make sense. You're probably going to be early. You probably when you do it, wished you hadn't, but hopefully you bought at levels that, you know, 12, 24, 36 months from now, you know, are pretty attractive. So, you know, but on a very, very short-term basis, you know, you often aren't being rewarded for buying. And that tends to put a damper on your appetite to buy on further declines here. And And so I think you have, you know, getting back to this question of volatility, I think what you have are, folks that maybe have been doing some buying and hasn't really worked out in the very short term. So they're kind of taking a break uh, and they want to see how the market works. And and then you've, you've got, you know, professional investors, institutions that are also kind of wanting to kind of see how, how the corporate earnings season goes, how this, um, some of this economic data goes and what are companies thinking about the second half of the year. So they're kind of pulling their horns in for the short term. I, I think that's all going to start cutting loose here, as uh, and, and I think investors are going to start to make bets one way or the other, as, again, over the next 45 days, when you start seeing corporate earnings coming out in earnest and economic reports coming out in earnest, and investors start placing their bets for the second half of the year. When people buy those dips in the short term, sometimes they just feel stupid. But then oh, yeah. it's a whole different like story. Yeah, you feel like an idiot. But then how many times if you talk to those people, you know, two, three, four years down the road, and all of a sudden uh, those buys and holding on to what they bought, now they look like geniuses. Yeah, and, and you know, and that's what you hope happens. I mean, you, you know, you, you, you buy at levels that you you can live with and – while they may not necessarily, and they probably aren't going to be the bottoms during markets like this, you, your hope is that well, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't catch the bottom, but I got it at a price that I think ultimately I can live with, and ultimately, you know, two, three, four years down the road is, is you know, I probably wish I had bought more at that price, uh, but you know that that. Yeah, it, you're going to feel stupid in 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 the near term, and I can you know I can tell you most. 
long-term investors who have, you know, stood stood up at the plate and taken swings during bear markets will tell you that, you know, you're going to feel stupid, but ultimately it should work. It should work out okay for you if you have a long enough investment time horizon and you buy stuff that's going to be around and it's, you know, quality stuff that's, that's down. And, and that's, that's key as well. Uh, you definitely want companies that still exist. Um, we're going to hit Chuck up with a couple picks, um, maybe a couple off of that upsidestocks.com list, but we're going to take a break real quick. Hey, be sure to subscribe, follow, and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And as always, subscribe and turn on those notifications so you know when a new Gains episode drops. We drop Gains episodes on Wednesday morning. We'll be right back with Chuck Carlson right after the break. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Back with Chuck Carlson, CEO of Horizon Investment Services and publisher of the Dow Theory Forecast Newsletter. And then, of course, that website, Chuck? Upsidestocks.com. Upsidestocks.com. As mentioned, going into the break, you know, you definitely want quality stocks because uh, they're going to still be around on the other side of a bear market, recession, down markets, whatever, when things do turn around. Give us an, some of the stocks that people should be holding. Maybe they're not buying the bottom here, but they look juicy. Stuff that you're you're actually throwing, ideas you're throwing at your own clients as well. Yeah, an interesting stock, especially given its prominence in the Dow Jones transportation average and in transportation stocks in general. And again, you know, it's difficult for a market to sustain anything to the upside without help from transportation stocks. So, you know, FedEx is a pretty good looking stock and it's actually a stock that's held up quite well. That's F- FDX is the symbol. Uh, when you look at how that stock has performed uh, and, and, you know, this relative strength matters and you look at it's like over the last three months, you look at, the performance of FedEx. I mean, FedEx over the last three months is up 
9% versus a 13% decline for the S&P 500. So it's, you know, it's beaten the S&P over the last three months by 22 percentage points. Uh, That that's, you know, you have to kind of stand up and take a look at something like that, which seemingly is a sort of kind of cyclical stock that you uh, would expect to just get murdered if in fact we were going into a recession. So the fact that that stock has held up as well as it has, uh, and it's part of the, the Dow Jones transportation uh, index is is kind of interesting to me. When you look at the, the company's uh, guidance for the rest of this year was not bad. They uh, Their earnings estimates um, have been going up um, for the most part, uh, which is good. And, uh, you know, I think legitimately going up. And, and so that's a stock that uh, trades right now at about $223 a share. That's a stock that we like and uh, investors, may, especially if you don't have any transportation-related stocks, you need to have at least one in your portfolio. And FedEx right now looks like the one to own. Uh, you know, uh, it seems but, like you know, one thing you're speaking about, Dow Transports. The, the one little side note here, as the, the the transports actually have held up a little bit here as of late. They have. Uh, and, and, yeah, I mean, and, you know, they're not that far from that their, their recent rally highs, and actually, nor is the Dow Jones Industrial Average, and that's that's something that bears watching. I I'm not sure that if you know they go above, you know, in the in the case of the Dow Industrials, I think it's at 31,500 level was the was this the recent high, and then the transports it was 13,548. Now, if 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 the market holds those lows, if those indices hold their lows and go above those levels. We're not necessarily at this point prepared to say that it's a change in the trend from bearish to bullish, but that certainly would be positive. And if something like that happens 45 days from now, then I would be more inclined to view those those rally levels as significant from a Dow theory perspective. So, I mean, that there are some things happening in this market that you know potentially make me less bearish than I have been on your show for some time. And, and again, it's all going to boil down to how does the market respond to the bad news that's going to be coming out here over the next 45 days? Do those lows hold? And in fact, can the market build on on that resiliency and, and go above some previous high levels? And that would be, that, that's what you need to see to change trends from bearish to bullish. You need You need the lows to hold, and then you need to see a series of higher highs in the indices. And that uh, and and we'll see if that happens here. But I, I am probably a, a bit more optimistic on the market than I have been in since since the Dow theory turned bearish in, in, in late February. Chuck, give us a one or two more or good quality names that we know are going to be around. Mm-hmm. Couple other good quality names where if you bought now and they moved a lot lower, you'd still be fine. And in five ten years, I mean, no problem at all. Well, I think I think you know it, it's still. It's helpful to have a little bit of a dividend flow in your in your stocks right now, uh, you know, especially during times when capital gains are tougher to come by. If you can get some dividend flow going and get you know, one, two, three percent on on your on your dividend, that that can make a difference, uh, you know, to your portfolio right now. So, you know, a stock that's I think going to hold up pretty well in this market is is Chubb, the symbol CB. That's the insurance company. You get a dividend yield of about 1.7%, and I would expect that stock to show, uh, you know, better 
resiliency in this market than than the broad market. And then finally, if you want a stock that I think will, you know, do exceptionally well coming out. And by the way, we, we and our clients own all these, so just in the interest of full disclosure. But if you want to own a stock that I think is just going to come flying out of this when the market does rebound, you know, I'm still a fan of Alphabet. You can buy that stock at a valuation now that was unheard of two, three, four years ago. And I don't think it's a, a, a long-term value trap. It's not could go down lower. Um, there's always, you know, regulatory concerns and antitrust concerns. And uh, now there's concerns about, uh, you know, uh, e-commerce and how that's going to affect, you know, companies that do advertising like Google. And then you've got the TikTok effect and all that. And that's that's all well and good. But at the end of the day, that's that's a solid company now that you can buy it, you know, I think under 20 times expected earnings. And that's a stock that uh, when the market flips from bearish to bullish, I would expect to come screaming out of the, the off the bottom pretty, pretty well. Yeah, that Google looks really attractive. You know it's still going to be around. It is a powerhouse in in a lot of different areas. Alphabet, yeah. Now, when you're speaking Alphabet, uh, there's A and B shares, if I'm not mistaken, G-O-O-G and G-O-O-G-L. Is there any preference when you uh, invest in Google? We typically do the G-O-O-G-L. I'm not sure there's really much difference one way or the other. And and the other thing to keep in mind too, I think they're going to be splitting their shares coming up here, I think, within maybe the next week or two. So it's a stock that's going to get significantly more accessible on a per share basis. When you see something like that, how does that move a stock? I've often wondered about that. And then also if if stocks, when they move into a new index, so how does that all play out? Does it in the end really impact the stock? It depends on the environment by which they do a, a, a split. I mean, if you're in a frothy market environment, it will have an impact. In In the case of Alphabet. One of the things that has happened in the financial markets, and it's a good thing over the last few years, is that you can buy fractional shares of stock now. And you know, when you had a stock like Alphabet that was twenty-two hundred and eighty dollars a share right now, to go out and buy five shares of that is, you know, it's that's a commitment. And or even to buy one share for for some folks. Now you can go to most brokers. And buy a fractional share of it. So, so the the per share price is probably less important than it was before. Still, you know, th- there is uh, interest in companies that do split their stock, and it will become more accessible to a certain investor constituency. Is that going to move the needle on Alf- Alphabet? I, I'm not sure I would go that far, but it is something that I think could increase investor support. Now, the other thing you mentioned about stocks moving into various indices, that is a real thing, at least on a very, very short-term basis, because of all the money that is in indexing these days and passive investing in indexes. And obviously, if a stock gets put into the S&P 500, that's a stock that all the S&P 500 index money needs to own. So that's why you'll see uh, almost in every case a very short-term pop in those stocks because you know funds now, are having to add those to their portfolio because it's part of that broader basket that you're adding yeah. the stock to the basket obviously when they buy the basket now that gets included um so yeah that i've heard that is a real 
part of it is is when you do see the shift. I mean, there is going to be a lot more buying. Yeah, absolutely, because they have to. Now, again, that may only occur on a day or two days or, or, or whatever. It, it's typically not something that has a long tail to it, but yeah, you get you're going to have a ton of money that comes flowing into those stocks. So I mean, if you're somebody out there that, and there are folks who try to do this, is try to predict index changes, what stocks are going to go into indices, what stocks are going to go out of indices. Sorry to interrupt you. When when they're anticipating that, is there some buying ahead of time before the official announcement? I mean, is there any indicator? You know what I'm saying? Because if you kind of smell that coming, do, do you see buying ahead of time? Yeah, you do, you, and you see some talk. I mean, Tesla was, for example, uh, when when they went through some of their splits, uh, there was some discussion that uh, it was going to be going into the S and P 500, and I think you had some people, you know, buying that uh, ahead of ahead of time, uh, as it was, you know, the, what typically happens. Quite frankly, Andy is, you know. People go through and look and see, you know, what what are the largest market cap stocks that aren't in the S and P 500 or whatever, and then they they place some bets, thinking that on the next go around that those stocks will will eventually get into the S and P 500. So yeah, there's some in, there's some arbitrage, or I, it's probably not real arbitrage. Certainly not some, a good idea, though, to really. Well, it no, I mean, no. I mean, if it's a stock you like, and, right. and that's a little bit of a kicker to it, that's fine, but. To do that, just to try to play that that guessing game, I wouldn't do that. You know, speaking of UpsideStocks.com, give us a couple uh, names and tickers off of that list that the gains listener really should check out, even right now. Yeah, and these are stocks. When I'm, you know, these are stocks we own, so people need to kind of keep keep that in mind. And I and, and I'm saying that with, you know, one of the first stocks I'm going to mention. I'm going to give you two financial stocks. One is company Esquire Financial Holdings. The symbol is ESQ, and it's it, it's an interesting um, bank in the sense they they provide commercial banking products and services, and they have a focus on on the legal industry. Uh, so they they do, you know, for for law firms that need to kind of borrow if they're working on cases where they don't get paid right away. You know, they, they they endure kind of costs that they need to fund, and this bank is a, a bank that kind of specializes in working with uh, working with law firms, and um, so it, it has kind of an interesting niche in that space. It's a tiny company, the market cap, and this is where it gets back to, you know, just just be careful whenever you buy these kind of companies because there's not, you know, the markets are what we tend to call. Thin. There aren't. There, there's not tons of trading. Like the average daily trading volume on this stock is only about sixty thousand shares today. There was about thirty-two thousand traded. So the market cap is only about two hundred eighty million dollars. So it's a tiny company. So you just got to be very careful when you're buying stocks like this. That you know you just don't get just totally ripped off on the, on the bid and ask spreads, which can get kind of wide. Especially if you're going with a lot of money on a, on a thinly traded stock. I mean, it, it is, you can kind of move the market a little bit. So that is, that is can, a warning. Yeah. So, you know, just be very careful. Uh, a, a larger one that we like also 
is, uh, and this is more of your traditional regional banks, it's service first bank shares. The symbol is SFBS, and it's, uh, it's based out of uh, Birmingham, Alabama. M virtually all of their uh, outlets are in the southeast, so, you know, they're in the probably the fastest growing part of the United States. The company has solid fundamentals. You get a dividend yield over 1%. It's a, it's a good, solid regional bank. And, and I think at some point here, regional banks are going to start to behave better. And uh, I think this is a stock that's, that's worth a look. And again, that's small cap stocks, service first bank share, symbol is S, F as in Frank, B as in Bob, S as in Sam. And uh, trades for about $78 a share. And, you, and you've mentioned that the next 45 days are key. This earnings season's key. We should get more clarity. But as we wrap up today's uh, Gains podcast, what's your takeaway? Two things. Well, see how stocks – don't worry so much about the actual numbers that companies are reporting in terms of earnings. See how the stocks react because it's going to be the stock's reaction to, to that news – to give you insights into how much the market has already discounted the bad news. And that's what you need to have for true markets to be in place. So that's the first thing. Don't worry so much about the, what's being reported. Watch the stock's reaction. Uh, and two, those lows, those June 17th lows that we talked about, if in fact this market is, has bottomed or is in a bottoming process, those lows are going to hold. If those lows don't hold, then we're going to have another round of downside action in the market. So, uh, you know, those are the two things that I'd be watching. Stocks reactions and the market's reactions to economic news and uh, are those lows going to hold? All right. That's Chuck Carlson, CEO of Horizon Investment Services and publisher of the Dow Theory Forecast Newsletter in Hammond. And, of course, uh, author of Winning with the Dow's Losers. And we've been talking about the website, you know, throughout the podcast. You got to check it out. Upsidestocks.com. Again, that's Upsidestocks.com. Big thanks to Chuck Carlson. And as always, be sure to subscribe, follow, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, if that's an option for you. And subscribe and turn on those notifications so you know when a new Gains episode drops. We are back next Wednesday, and I look forward to seeing you then. A News Radio WBBM podcast powered by Odyssey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. 
baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.